0: And we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden.
1: The podcast of the beast.
0: How you doing, Nesbeth? Good. I'm doing good. Still in quarantine? Still in quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at you over Zoom.
1: Yeah, I know. These Zoom ones aren't as fun as uh, when we used to get together and drink beer in the same room. (laughs) It's not the same, but uh, we can still uh, drink beer over Zoom. We still have a beer because we still have these beers. This is from Brasseur de Montreal. It's another one of those uh, yeah. from that multi-pack that I picked up. This is the IPA. Nice. Let's do it. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers.
0: Oh, yeah. That smells good. Oh, man, this is good.
1: I don't think I've had an IPA for a while. We've been getting on these, like, stout quarters and sours lately
0: yeah I'm, an, I'm i'm i've noticed how much of an ipa drinker i've just become like it's it's all, almost all i drink now
1: yeah i was like that and i kind of made myself sick of it and then i I don't know oh this is delicious
0: oh this is a dandy that's beauty so tyranny of souls is that what we're doing today tyranny of souls yeah number six
1: he had like a skunk works live ep and the Sarajevo soundtrack and you don't count live stuff, but as far as solo studio albums, yeah, this is his last one. Yeah, and his second, well, second to this point, s- to this point, his second solo album while he was in Iron Maiden. Remember, Only tattooed a Mar- tattooed millionaire. He was in uh, Maiden for that one.
0: Yeah, that was just before he left, right? Yeah, and then yeah. this
1: one was after he came back.
0: Okay, so
1: two thousand five.
0: Two thousand five. That's yeah. right.
1: So they almost named this album Half-Life, or Bruce Ooh. almost named it Half-Life.
0: Right. There's can... a reference to that in one of the tracks. Is there it it, is. It uh, pops up a couple or... times. yeah. Yeah.
1: So here's a timeline, basically, of how this fits into, like, the Bruce releases and Maiden. So yeah. Bruce puts out Tattooed Millionaire while he's in Maiden in 1990, then does Fear of the Dark, then he leaves Maiden, he does Balls to Picasso, Maiden puts out The X Factor. He puts out Skunk Works, Accident of Birth. Uh, Maiden does Virtual Eleven, and he does The Chemical Wedding. That's 1998. Bruce comes back. They release Brave New World, which we just covered. Um, there's a Bruce compilation comes out. Then Maiden does Dance of Death, and then this album. So this album came between Dance of Death and A Matter of Life and Death.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay interesting
1: so he's well into the uh, reunion era of maiden when this comes out so it's a bruce dickinson solo album but you can't really talk about this album without talking about roy z who's like he's like the driving force between behind all this music and all these songs he basically wrote most of the music and like the riffs and he produced it he played all the guitars and a lot of the bass and keyboards on here too um, really, he did the guitar. Yeah, he played all the guitar on this album. Oh,
0: okay. Because there's some. That's one of the parts of this album that are the best.
1: Oh yeah, the guitar tones yeah. and the guitar solos and the riffs. Yeah. So he was coming off producing. He did "Angel of Retribution" with Judas Priest, which is like the big Judas Priest reunion with Rob Halford album. Yeah. Um, and he also did. Uh, he co-wrote a bunch of Rob Halford's. Rob Halford had a band, and he still has a band named Halford. It's like his solo project. So Roy Z co-wrote most of those albums with Rob Halford. So when Rob Halford left Judas Priest, he had Halford on the go and kept it going even when he came back to Priest. And Roy Z has writing credits on basically half the songs on all those Halford albums. Wow. So basically, like when you think about it, Roy Z is the go-to guy. For Rob Halford and Bruce Dickinson when they want to record a solo project, so think about that. Yeah. You've got like two of the biggest vocalists in metal, right? And they yeah. both go to the same guy to produce and write their solo projects.
0: I knew he was writing and producing. I didn't know he was so strong instrumentally. Oh yeah, you know, He's a I usually like to leave my player. yeah. I like to leave my reveals on these details for the Nesbit to bring them out to <laughs> you yeah. on the podcast.
1: But uh, you know Halford and Dickinson, like other than what Ozzy and. Maybe Ronnie James Dio. Like, that's two of the biggest names in metal. Yeah. And they're both going to the same guy for solo albums.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. And what else has he done besides? Has he done much? I mean, he had, he had a band, success. Yeah, he had a band
1: called days. the Tribe of Gypsies.
0: Yeah, I know that um,
1: Other than Halford and Dickinson. I read an interview with Bruce, and he says that, like, he didn't want to name names. But Roy Z plays uncredited on, like, a ton of L.A. produced metal albums over the last 20 years. So he's, you know, extremely prolific as far as, like, songwriting and playing.
0: Yeah. He's also a fair bit younger than the boys, isn't he?
1: Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure exactly how old he is. Yeah. So Roy Z, remember in Balls to Picasso. So we talked about Roy Z back in that episode when we did that. Yeah. So Balls to Picasso, remember, it took a few tries. Like, Bruce had this band named Skin. And he did, like, a first version of Balls to Picasso and kind of scrapped it. He did a second version that was kind of, like, more electronic sounding and kind of lame sounding. Yeah. Um, he was in the studio. The studio was Goodnight LA, and he was working on his album. And the band of gypsies were in the same studio mixing an album at the same time. Yeah. And the engineer, I guess, played some band of gypsies for Bruce Dickinson, and Bruce was, like, blown away. Got together with Roy Z scrapped what he had for his, you know, this Balls to Picasso album, and then started again with Roy Z. And then he used uh, Band of Gypsies is actually the band that he used as his band on Balls to Picasso. So that's okay, how we get together with right. Roy Z. Yeah. yeah. So then he puts out Skunk Works, which is like a completely separate band. It yeah. was actually a band called Skunk Works, and the record company was like, we're not going to release that unless you call it Bruce Dickinson and call the yeah. album Skunk Works. And then he did. That's when he did that like Sarajevo gig, where the "Scream for Me" Sarajevo documentary is all about. Yep. Um, after that, he uh, he does Accident of Birth with Roy Z, and uh, he does this album Tyranny Souls. So, and apparently, a future album half done called Eternity Should Fail.
0: Okay. So interesting.
1: Yeah. So him and Bruce are like when it comes to solo stuff, they're very uh, intertwined. He's a great yeah. match, I think, for Bruce for solo stuff. Yeah,
0: I think we talked about that when we were teeing this up uh, a while back. Um, my my take on that right away, very quickly, is Bruce is all a he's a byproduct of who he's around. Yeah, and he's just yeah, that amazing. That. Yeah, he's an amazing frontman. But uh, like, uh, you know, balls to Picasso, that was something.
1: For <laughs> <laughs> some our listeners, really good you can go back and there. listen to that one. Tears of the Dragon that was, is on that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There were some, some bright spots.
1: Yeah, yeah there are those first that and albums. That Tattooed are, Millionaire. They're kind of we inconsistent. We sure did cover the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're inconsistent yeah. albums. But there's some good stuff on there.
0: And it was a dark time. Yeah. Um, and even for probably a lower point for Maiden and for Metal and all that. I think he's but a this great... album... Okay, go ahead. Yeah, this album, you know, before it would have given anything away getting into it, this is kind of, you know, listening to this and the last couple of months leading up to this has really really kind of got me excited for Bruce solo stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, I was struggling on it after Tattooed and Balls. (laughs) And, you know, also everything that that Bruce does, uh, you know, it's just made into such a great platform for him. I struggle with it. I know some people just go down that, you know, (laughs) rabbit hole, listen to anything, just love Bruce. I mean, he's my hero. So when I see him, like, struggle on an album, I'm just like, it kills me. I know what you <laughs> anyway. mean. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, you almost yeah. need to, I hate to say it, but you kind of need to, like, rein him in a bit so he doesn't get, you know, he doesn't whip out those, like, tongue-in-cheek kind of, I call them joke lyrics. Full yeah. Of pun, puns and, like, sexual innuendos and he's trying to be funny. You know what I mean? When he goes yeah. down that kind of direction, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. I think Roy Z, just the sound of the music is so like metallic and stuff. It kind of keeps them from going in that campy direction.
0: Well, not campy, Yeah, I mean, but... Bruce is such a great frontman. He's just a, a, an ex, absolute marvel uh, of a metal voice. Specifically, when you consider that he's got forty years at the top of his game with his with his vocals, and then you you throw in his love of history and culture. And you know, fencing and being a pilot—he's a very well-rounded guy. Oh yeah. But he feels to me very much like, um, you know, he's almost like whenever he's making a joke or he's doing his book tour or he's coming up with his own book, he feels like feels to me like he's one of these like really type A, you know, students who's just like not—he doesn't have everything. He's not funny. He's not like you know what I mean. I think sometimes. And this is not not a not a slight on you. Can't be good at everything. You're one of the best vocals in the world. You're a pilot, like you're are a fencer, like you're an awesome dude. Everybody wants to be you. You're amazing. I love him. But when it comes to like, you can just tell. He's just the kind of the the handsome, amazing vocal guy. You can just tell he's like explaining something to Maiden, and you can just imagine Harris in the background just kind of cringing because it's like he's not exactly getting where Harris wants. You know what I mean? Like that that Harris has just got that level where he just understands exactly what works, what Maiden is. Yeah, and and you know, and Bruce knows what Maiden is, but Bruce goes off on his own, and it just kind of misses. He doesn't see all the pieces that come together. To that's how I feel. Yeah.
1: Well, I know yeah. when I read uh, Lord Ify Boat Race and. Uh, the sequel to Lord Iffy Boat Race called The Missionary Position, yeah. which are these, like, comedy novels that he wrote. And yeah. I was just like, oh, man, like, no more fiction, please.
0: <laughs> man, I watched I watched his book tour on YouTube.
1: Yeah, I saw that, too. I right. actually found that interesting.
0: There was some good stuff. He was yeah. bombing some stuff, though, man. Oh, yeah? Like, I was just like, do you remember, like, something, something? Like, he's a quirky dude. Yeah, I really loved you know? his uh,
1: biography. Yeah, Even though it didn't it really give me any answers to anything that I wanted. Like, no. <laughs> I guess with people like where me and you, we've been talking about Maiden for so long and like digging so deep on Maiden, it's mm. – when I read Bruce's biography, I'm like, tell me something I don't already know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And the, he didn't go very deep into anything really. There was actually a lot of early days stuff in there that I didn't know, but
0: – Yeah, I felt I felt uh, the same kind of thing but from a different angle. I didn't know a lot of it. Yeah you know like like i said when we started this podcast i don't go off and read about bands i just listen to the music and then that's why you know i get to be pleasantly surprised as we sit here but when I read through it, I did find like I was like, "Oh my god, that story about when he's growing up, that's amazing." And then it just stops, like it's like it's the back of a, a film case, and I'm like, "Wait, well, you no, know, where's the where's the heart of this?" And he alluded to all the conflict, and and, and nobody never got into it. And I was like, "That's the meat and potatoes. That's the good stuff."
1: Yeah, and I've already read like multiple biographies of Bruce Dickinson, so when I read his mm-hmm. autobiography, anyway, we're getting off on a tangent.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're you're like writing him into correct correct his own perspective. But Roy right, Z, yeah,
1: great match for Bruce, I think. Part of it is he his riffs and his songs he writes are not very maideny sounding. You know what I mean? He's very yeah. metallic metally sounding, which is good because I don't think Bruce wants to throw out a solo album that sounds just like Maiden.
0: I'd I'd almost push back. I, I would say there's a ton of a ton of things in here that are maiden y, specifically in their theme and their vocals and the and the structure. Well, but there is a the vocals, really yeah. There's yeah yeah the Bruce is writing the melodies well, of the vocals, so. Yeah. Oh, and that makes yeah. sense. But there's that, this tone on on the the riffs, especially at the beginning and the end of the album, where it's just like a really heavy metal uh tone over all the guitar, which I personally love. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: But I think he's a good, you know, he's a really good match to like take Bruce in a direction that's not made me. You know what I mean? It'd be very yeah. easy for like if me and you we're supposed to write songs for Bruce Dickinson to be like, well, we'll put a gallop in because I love it when he does this, right? Where Roy Z kind of just writes these cool songs and then throws them to Bruce and Bruce kind of like, Yeah, but it's not like
0: Roy Z was trying to in this album differentiate from Maiden too, too much. Like, I mean, they were doing their own thing, but I mean, like if he wrote the album, like there's all kinds of like Maiden hooks and lyrics in there.
1: Yeah, well, the lyrics are by Bruce Dickinson.
0: The lyrics are by Bruce. Right. So That would make sense.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Because I was going to say, otherwise, like, Bruce is putting that in.
1: Well, it's – okay. So I'll tell you about how they wrote this album. Um, So this was written while Bruce was on the Dance of Death tour with Roy Z and Bruce, like, sending tracks back and forth. So I read an interview with Bruce, and he said, like, he got a CD from Roy Z while he was on tour, and he would stick his headphones in. And he'd walk around with a notepad and listen to the songs over and over and try to come up with melodies and lyrics. Um, So I have a – I'm not even sure if these songs were written for Bruce or if Roy Z had these riffs and song ideas. Uh, I've got a quote here from Roy Z, which is kind of like revealing. And it says, uh, We had no time to make the record. I wrote 20 tunes. Bruce picked the first eight in the same running order that they now appear and added two more that we had in the can. Bruce blew me away singing the entire album in just three days that he had while gigging with Maiden in LA. So basically, Roy Z sent him these twenty songs. Bruce picked the first eight, wrote lyrics for them, and then, mm. then they got together and did his vocals in three days in LA. When Maiden was touring and playing in LA. It's
0: an interesting perspective for the rest of the band, right? Yeah. Like you're you're Brave New World, huge hit, you're back. You know, rock and reel, all that jazz. Now it's you're on the Dance of Death tour, which was, by all accounts, a success again. Yep. And, you know, he's going around working on this solo album. I could just imagine Nicko walking in and being like, just drop it, Bruce. Come on, what are you doing to me? Right? <laughs> like, we're, we're back. Like, what are you at? You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Because it was released they were touring
0: in the... 2005, right? So Oh, yeah, I they guess they are right.
1: So it was the tour for Dance yeah. of Death.
0: Yes. So, yeah, so they, right. I mean, It is weird. They're on that tour. Yeah. But you know, I mean, you know what I mean. They're in that window yeah. where, I mean, they're down. Like, if you're down in L.A., I got this is where part of me is like, you know, if I'm with Iron Maiden, you know, like I'm partying. You know what I mean? Where I'm, I'm enjoying the moment. I'm not like, huh, on, what kind of solo project can I do on the <laughs> yeah. side? Well, like that's like, doing, would, that's like doing right? that's like doing homework on 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 you know your reading. Uh, you know, going away to go to see a university and doing extra homework or
1: something. But I guess that's what makes like Bruce Bruce, right? Is he's just. He's a machine, right? He can't sit still. He's either writing, he's on tour writing a book. He's got another solo album on the go. I mean, Steve Harris is the same. He gets off tour, and then instead of taking a couple months off, he like does a mini tour with, you know, his other band.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: So basically, Roy Z sent him all these songs, and Bruce came up with lyrics and melodies, and then they got together. So it was recorded in three different studios. So the drums and bass. And I guess maybe the rhythm guitars. I'm not sure the details exactly. But I know the rhythm tracks were like in Castle Oaks in Calabasas, California. Signature sound in San Diego. And then Roy Z's dining room studio. So Roy Z had like a studio set up in his dining room. And I got another quote for him. He says, most of the guitars, vocals, and overdubs. I must say all of them were made here in my dining room. Why rent a whole studio, a whole board, when you're using one channel or two at a time and you're doing overdubs and stuff? And he also said 99% of the guitar solos and overdubs are first takes.
2: Wow. And another thing he said was
1: that Bruce did did four takes of each song and he just picked from those. Mm. But mostly the first takes are the best takes when Bruce is singing.
0: What's your take on the production of this album? Because, you know, it's not Nor. That's what I was going to say. I love it too. But in the the lead up to this, Roy Z produced it, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, some listeners wrote in and said they didn't like, or this wasn't their most favorite produced album.
1: Yeah. A lot of people like Accent of Birth. Yeah. I, I think this like, this has a very chemical wedding sound to me for some reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's Absolutely. very full sounding. And it's, Yeah. Roy Z produced both, so.
0: Yeah. Well, he's layering it all together. It's just yeah. the two of them, really. But this right? is That's really
1: crazy. almost a Roy Z project with Bruce yeah. as the, well, Bruce did write the melodies and stuff, but. You know, you can't just – it says Bruce Dickinson on the cover. It should say Bruce uh, Dickinson and Roy Z. It's like that much. He contributed that much to this album. And, I mean, when you flip the album over, it's a picture of back-to-back Roy Z and Bruce Dickinson. Uh, I got one last quote, and then we'll get into the tracks. He says, I set up a futon for Mr. Bruce because he was injured. He had bruised ribs. (laughs) It <laughs> um, <laughs> says Bruce blew, blew me away singing the entire album in just three days that he had while gigging with Maiden in LA which I kind of got in this already and he says the thing that made it legend was that he had bruised ribs after falling on stage the night before the man willed his way through three days of agony to deliver a classic I don't think anyone else could have done it but Bruce wow so I looked up their set lists it must have been like mid-August of 2005 that they recorded the vocals because that's when maiden within la on that tour
0: yeah well an interesting point with well, the one the one Naka would put on this album there's a lot of great isolated vocals but there's no like long takes um and that's but that's more i guess the way this i took it as it was written but i guess also at the same time i mean to be doing this you you, you don't notice it at all because he's 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 perfect. In this album
1: oh yeah his vocally. vocals are so strong yeah. you'd never know that he is like half injured
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely so let's dig into some tracks okay. there, there are some stuff i want to come back on but wait look we're not going to get through this in one yeah, so all right. we'll come back on it next time
1: track number one mars within intro so it's yes. a minute and a half of a sort of spacey intro track i wouldn't even call this a song really would you
0: I almost consider it a part of the second second track abduction. They set each other up, and they almost like immediately click. But the uh, I love this like eerie, cool opening they got going on. Yeah, I just love it.
1: It's more of a song than like say Satellite 15 is. Mm. But I kind of wish that they treated Satellite 15 the way they treated this as a separate track, so you can skip and get to the the meat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I listen to this album quite often. But I usually start at track number two. Really? Like, I don't listen to the intro that often.
0: I love the guitar yeah. riff on this, too. Like, it's just awesome. Yeah, it is pretty um, cool. The riff kicks in, like, pretty early, and then it takes off, and then at the end of it, you know, he kind of winds out with a really cool, what is it he says, like, didn't you it come this way? some like A million, a million, years, million ago. years ago, yeah. Didn't you yeah. come this way before? Yeah, I love that.
1: So you notice he says, like, Professor Quatermass, where are you? Yeah. So he's like, mankind returns to the stars, but sometimes the stars return to mankind. Didn't you come this way before a million years ago? Yeah. So he's talking about Professor Bernard Quatermass, or Quatermass, who was the main character of the Quatermass experiment, which was like a six-part series that came on BBC television. And it was spun off into a bunch of movies and TV series. Um, I've got a quote from Bruce Dickinson. and He says, Quatermass and the Pit, a Hammer classic. It's a very inspirational movie for me. I've got all the Quatermass TV series and all the movies, but Quatermass and the Pit, for me, sums up so much about the human condition and about the need for man to survive by his own wits. It's what the heart and soul of this album is about. So that's like the first sci-fi reference on this album. It's to this okay. guy from this movie. I actually watched that movie yesterday. <laughs> it's, like, from 1967, Quater Mass in the Pit. And it's actually a pretty good movie. Really? Yeah. A lot of those old movies, when you go back to old, like, I find them to be a little bit too, I don't know, slow-paced and whatever. But this one's actually, it's 1967. It's a pretty good movie. If you're into, yeah. like, cheesy science fiction stuff. Grasshoppers, demons. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I find this album has got such a a theme of like almost like you know obviously planes it's Bruce, yeah. uh, but also like space, space and, and travel. Yeah, there. and uh, you know obviously the like the soul intruders and all that stuff, and then you know like it's it's really I don't know. It is very science an, an interesting.
1: Fiction-y. Yeah, I think his head was way in way that space when he, uh, you know, came up with this.
0: Yeah. I kind of feel like this is almost a I don't know, foreshadowing for, for Final Frontier, certain aspects of it.
1: Yeah, it could be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We actually got an email about uh Bruce another solo project that Bruce was working on before uh I'm not gonna get into it now, but it was kind of a space you know, it's about a song about a three part song about a black hole that he did on this guy's album. Yeah. But uh I don't know. I don't want to get off on another tangent.
0: <laughs> now I know, but didn't you come this way before a million years ago? It's very similar to eternity should fail. You yeah, know? it's an interesting, and
1: that's basically what this movie is about too. They yeah. find this spaceship. They're excavating in an old subway station or tube station, and they hit. They discover these like aliens and this ship that's like millions of years old, but they're like fossilized. Yeah, so it's kind of it kind of all ties into that. But then like the spacey kind of science fictiony keyboards kind of fade out and then abduction comes in. Track number two. Oh. So this is the first like true song. And uh yeah the intro guitar riff with like the drum intro. Yes. Like it's very heavy and sounds even heavier coming out of that intro. Like you have this like mm. keyboard fade out and when it cuts in, it's just so heavy. Uh and I've got it's a powered yeah I've got a clip here of the end of the intro going into the song, and it's just dramatic. It, you know, you're waiting for this album to start, and it just like hits you over the head.
3: Didn't you come this way? In-
1: those guitar harmonies and it's, it, i you know a few minutes ago i was saying how this doesn't sound maideny but i mean there is a gallop there it does kind of sound maiden-y. Oh,
0: <laughs> incredibly except that like the the, the guitar tone is that's got that really metal overhang yeah, yeah yeah which i absolutely love and and i'm surprised when i hear it on on what i feel like is very maiden sounding song structures yeah um i'm surprised maiden have never been tempted to bring that in
1: yeah, I would love Roy Z to produce yeah. a, a Maiden album. That'd be pretty awesome.
0: Well, that'd be interesting.
1: But the uh, guitar well, tone, yeah, just like, yeah. I just can't get enough of Roy Z's guitar tone. And for any gear nerds that are out there, it's uh, his guitar amp is a 69 Marshall Super Lead. And is the he's recording his guitars uh, with Shure SM57 mics. Oh, So I've got, got a whole bunch I... of this uh, gear information about this album. <laughs> I'm not going to oh, get I, into I, it, but just where we were talking about I, the guitar tone, I thought I'd drop that in. <laughs> pretty pretty
0: obvious from the recording for me yes but <laughs> i could hear it the whole way through it was a, one of those doohickey things you said <laughs>
1: <laughs> but a very cool uh riff and the lyrics science fictiony again you know it's called abduction
0: do, like what do you make one thing about this this album i and i like, spoiler alert i love this album um what do you make a like some of the Maiden references. Like, so The Prisoner comes up a few times in this.
1: Yeah, he said, like, so have your way with me. This prisoner is never free. Rip me yeah. up, leave me behind. I mean, if,
0: if someone writes a song and they, they reference that, you know, it's not a Maiden ripoff. But if you're Bruce on a solo album, it is a throwback.
1: Yeah, and I mean, he mentions Icarus. I'm getting to that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I got a bunch of them. There's a, there's a whole we can bunch.
1: We mention them as we go through the album. But yeah, there's a couple we more. Can. But yeah, yeah, it's like... If me and you wrote a song and it had, you know, it, the word Icarus in it, big deal. Yes. But Bruce Dickinson cannot say that word without – No. Without – you know what I mean? Like he Within can't call obvious... someone like, – he can't use the word – he c- cannot use the word trooper in songs in a solo. album oh, Without people automatically going to Maiden, right? So it's I think it's deliberate. Totally. It has to
0: be. It has to be. It's it's kind of a – I don't know,
1: but this one with the prisoner, because that's pretty generic. Yeah. But I mean, some of the other ones. But de- he definitely knew what he was doing.
0: Yeah, but, like, when he says, so have your way with me, the prisoner's never re- free, rip me up, leave me behind, and he leans into it, I'm like, that is the most maiden lyric.
1: Yeah, that's true. Right?
0: That is so maiden. Like, I, as a matter of fact, I actually was like, I've heard that. I've heard that somewhere. That's somewhere. That's that, that same pattern, too, right? So oh, yeah. have your way with me, the prisoner's never re- rip me up, leave me behind. You know, like, he's done that a hundred
1: times. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, I don't know what it is, the cadence. I'm not complaining, because yeah, I love this take cool. on it. Yeah. So is this song about being abducted by aliens? Or, because I've I watched the music video. I have the Bruce Dickinson anthology DVD and has all the videos on it. Um, it's Bruce in a military uniform and two guys in suits and sunglasses, like, you know, the men in black type guys. Yeah. yeah. They take him and they strap him to a table in a lab. And I'm like, maybe, like, he's being abducted. Maybe he's the alien and he's being abducted and experimented on. You know what I mean?
0: Oh I flipped it around <laughs> just like it's just like when you go so far in the future you end up oh, in the past dun, dun, dun.
1: but I don't <laughs> know I'm just because uh, the lyrics are very much about him. I thought the video would have like aliens abducting him, but it's not yeah unless the guys in suits are aliens I don't know <laughs> awesome song though yeah and the drumming in this is very cool and intense Light.
3: Light.
0: That's awesome! It's amazing. That's pretty cool,
1: and it's the when first hear, of yeah. many, many super catchy choruses on this album. Yeah, like there's a yeah. catchy chorus awesome. on every song almost.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's 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 driven um, around Bruce's vocals, the drums, and the drum transitions. I mean, it just I just feel like he's just saying, "Okay, this isn't just Bruce." Like, listen to this shit. Yeah, well, this is Dave
1: yeah. uh, Moreno. He was in Tribe of Gypsies. Yeah. Uh, he played on a Puddle of Mud album too, I think, but mm. don't hold that against him. <laughs> no. Because I looked him up and he's actually like a session guy and he's played with like a ton of different kinds of people, all different kinds of genres. He's like a, a pretty, he's a good drummer. He's not yeah. just, uh, well, don't think of him as the guy from Puddle of Mud. <laughs> no.
0: He's recorded with uh, Bruce Dickinson. I think, uh, I think I'd think i have a beer with him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> The uh, the first guitar solo of the album, too, this is, like, I mean, Roy Z, when he lays down a solo, man, like, he's such a good guitar player. And like I said, all the guitars on this whole album are Roy Z. amazing. I love you know, his guitar I, tone. I can't get over it. It just sounds great.
0: It's unreal and and it adds a lot uh, but yeah, the whole time I was listening I was like who is doing that guitar? And not only that there's multiple times where I was like, "Oh, I'm going to I'm going to drop in a Oh, that's so Dave." But then the next time I'm like, "That's oh, got a bit of Adrian in it." Like he's <laughs> all over the place. He's true. he's amazing. Yeah. His solos are deadly and it like that's not the only one. There's like four good solos on this album.
1: Uh, yeah, I think there's more than that. Like Oh, that's there's more, but really I mean, four.
0: There's four really good ones. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that song, "Abduction," like that's the first. I don't count the first one as a song. It's kind of a intro. That's the first yeah. true song on the album, and like I would say, that's the opener. I guess the intro, MERS Within," is truly the opener, or that and this song put together are kind of like the opener.
0: That's the way I look at it. Yeah. You know, they've done. You know. I almost said they've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> it's not they, uh, no, but it's it's you know when you see the little short intro and it feeds perfectly into the second track, it's like why'd you split it out? Split it out? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Although uh, I already was saying I was complaining about satellite fifteen.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, which to me is not really its own track, so same argument.
1: Yeah, but it should be. I wish I could skip it. I would listen to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Awesome. Yeah, song. but I,
0: I. One thing I would say, but you know abduction you notice it you feel it again a little bit in soul intruders which we'll get to next and it really comes up later on in the album that heavy metal guitar feel like i'm more of a maiden fan than i'm a metal fan yeah but i have a metal metal background you know listening to music i'm probably as of age i've gotten more away from metal but that guitar tone is what i love about metal you know, and like we've often talked about how you know the the overkill double bass pedal and and just some of the pace and like some of the screaming that happens in metal, I'm just not into. And then we talked about some of the like like Blaze had really intensive, uh, bass pedal action. I love that. Some of the some of the deeper tones, you know, I can I can like. But this is like bang on for me. I don't know, it's got both, everything I love for Maiden, but it's also got that, like, metallic tone. Not that I would want Maiden to take this on, not that it's better, but just that this is the direction I like Metal to go.
1: Yeah, like, Metal can get as heavy as it wants, as long as they don't sacrifice, like, melody for heaviness. Yes. And once you start, like, getting so heavy that you're losing the melody, that's where you you lose me, right? Like, some Slayer is way too heavy for me. I like Seasons in the Abyss because it's very melodic. I like, you know what I mean? Like... Yeah. And that's the same thing with all these vocals we talked about. When you get into the screamy, growly vocals, I'm like, eh, mm-hmm. enough.
0: Yeah, and there's a time for and place for that, but it's not, it can't be your, I mean, it's way better as a shtick someone does. Yeah. Than a, like, I know a lot of people like the these, dominant.
1: like, extreme types of metal, but Yeah. I don't know. I've always been more of a, like, classic rock, hard rock, classic metal guy. Yeah. So, I don't know.
0: <laughs> and, uh, back in the <laughs> day when beer tasted like beer, and you know what? Carrots grew in the gardens. Yeah. Old time. This is old time metal with Nesbit. You know what? I, I don't care much for this modern world. Uh, you know, a little bit too much synthesizer, my thing. So I just think back to the good old days and have a glass of carrot juice.
1: And none of the newfangled metal. <laughs>
0: this <is> newfangled <laughs> electronic stuff.
1: Next track.
3: I am Blaze Bailey. You're listening to Talking Maiden, the podcast. Of the Beast, possibly the best podcast in the world.
0: <laughs> Soul Intruders. Soul Intruders. Oh my God.
1: Three minutes. This is just the seconds. album
0: on fire, isn't it? Oh, yeah. They're just on fire at this stage.
1: Well, we come out yeah. of Abduction, which we will yeah. said was pretty heavy sounding. And now they take the heaviness up a notch or two. Yeah. Like this riff where it comes in, it's like super heavy. It's like a machine gun. It's one of those like crazy great Roy Z riffs with like a bunch of little guitar runs in there and like guitar harmonies. Um, Just listen to this intro. That's heavy, man. Amazing,
0: yeah, incredibly.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, you know it's a good song when I play the clip and I'm like, no, don't end. <laughs> I just want to go end. listen to the whole song so.
0: This whole this whole uh, track is amazing, and it's interesting that you talked about them going with a different theme because I feel like this this, but I I, I don't particularly get what a soul intruder is like. Are they in space and there's something that's coming in and bonding with you?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I never really, Uh. you know, I read a bunch of uh, Bruce um, interviews. And on the Bruce Dickinson anthology DVD, there's like the electronic press kit where he's talking about the album for like half an hour. But he never really said what the song was about, soul intruders. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I couldn't find it in any uh, interviews. It's um, a mystery. I w- Solar winds have taken hold, blowing us where we do not know. Existence, silent and unknown. Father, son, and viral oh, host. Don't. That was my <laughs> next point. Oh, that-
0: that's where I want to go. This is. That's my probably one of my favorite lyrics from a Bruce Solo album. Like what a trifecta. Yeah. You know, the father, son, and viral host. It's so cool. Like, like, and again, you know, he's hitting
1: you with the, the. We're still on the science fiction theme, right?
0: Yes. It's cool. The father, son, and viral host. I love that. What a great play on words. And then that's probably the best lyric that I've ever heard Bruce come up with. And, I mean, I just love that. It's, a good it's so one. perfect. Yeah.
1: And then after that he says Half-Lives, eat but never kill. Half lives, we live as well. So there he yeah. almost called the album Half-Life. That's right. And that's the first reference. And that was to the it. reference,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, yeah I mean that's an interesting concept for the, the soul, soul intruders intruder. in the whirling void yeah. of night. We're the soul intruders and we're crying for the light. Yeah. I have no idea what he's talking about, but it's very cool. I mean.
0: it's But to this this stage in the album, it's very spacey.
1: Oh, yeah. Very science fiction space.
0: Yeah. And I kind of feel like, I almost feel like it's the final frontier tie to me is very real. And then it starts to come back a little later on
1: yeah I can can see that yeah
0: yeah I think they they like reference like in the next track Earthbound like and it just like screams coming home to me and like there's just a a few little things where I'm just like and then I actually I, I actually went off and I was like pulled up you know Final Frontier started looking through the writing I was like how much influence and I couldn't really make a, a huge connection you're there. getting in the Nesbitt zone
1: he, <laughs> I no I'm not that bad
0: but coming home he did have a writing credit it on it is cool uh, but, cool lyrics yeah. though like it is know. and I mean and, and not and only
1: the lyrics like the way he sings them like yeah. this is such a great catchy chorus again
0: it's unreal the, uh, the solo like I was like this is a bizarre world almost Adrian style I love that
1: yeah the thing I like about this like solo it's, it's really amazing playing but yeah. it's got such like melody and feeling to it like I always talk about like shredding versus like melody like shredding you're just like some solos like blow you away with skill but you don't really get any feeling out of it and this one has both it's like you're like wow but also it, it's, it has a lot of emotion in it.
0: Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Again, at this stage, when I was listening to this album, I was itching a bit to start digging into the band. But I try, I try not to do that too much. Um, I don't want to be going off and, and, you know, do the Coles notes. And then you're like, oh, this is that. I'll be like, yeah, I knew, Oh, yeah. Because I, yeah. <laughs> I Googled it right before the, you know. But when I, I was right into it, I was like, who did this? Like, this is amazing. Whoever yeah. is is doing the guitar I like, Roy he Z. needs to yeah. be in it. He needs to be somewhere good. I mean, he's amazing.
1: I'm telling totally you, Roy Z, man. He's, he's amazing.
0: He needs to be picked up by a, a top line. If band. anything like,
1: this by this like by doing this episode and talking about this album. If anyone takes anything away from these albums, it's like Roy Z is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like he wrote basically all the music for this album.
0: Yeah. And we haven't we haven't talked about it with this track soul intruders, but like it's it's pretty the 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 vocals are, you know, kind of a melody almost, but They're awesome, too. And to think that he did that.
1: Yeah, with Bruce. He didn't do
0: it all in like a couple of days. He did the whole, he
1: did all the vocals in three days on Roy. That's crazy. On Roy in Roy living room studio. Or dining room studio. With bruised ribs.
0: That's crazy. That is crazy.
1: Well, Bruce is a force of nature, man. He's unstoppable.
0: (laughs) He's unstoppable. He's unstoppable. Yeah. This could, you know, it's up there with my favorite tracks in the album.
1: Yeah. Oh, this is great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Really great song.
1: Now, the next track, I think, is my favorite song on the album.
0: I think everybody has to put this as the favorite track, but it's one of those where, you know, there are other aspects. Like, you just can't help but get a little bit of goosebumps when this comes out. yeah.
1: Kill Devil Hill. Yeah. Five minutes, track number four.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, I think this is one of my favorite Bruce solo songs, period. Not just from this this album
0: everybody has to listen to the Sun yeah. like just go listen to Kill Devil Hill now you played a clip a couple of I did a while to, ago teased
1: this a few episodes ago yeah so yeah. this is about the Wright brothers so Kill Devil Hills yeah in North Carolina is where they did their first powered flight like you always hear people saying they did it in Kitty Hawk but Kitty Hawk was like the town nearby to the Kill Devil Hills where they actually flew. And Kill Devil Hills is now a town. But at the time, that's where they flew. So that's what this song is named yeah. after. The Wright Brothers in the First Flight.
0: The Wright Brothers or the Blood Brothers of Angels? <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's like...
0: This song is such a funny one for me because it's an amazing song. I actually did Google it. This is the one I Googled. I got like all this stuff about it. Because I was going to like, Nesbitt, do you know what this is truly about? Uh... <laughs> Like uh, yeah, this is about that first. I I still get blown away. 1903 powered aircraft flight, and then you know in the 50s, not to mention World War One and two. In the 50s, you got like commercial air, air flight. Like it's it's it was so fast.
1: Oh yeah, it's crazy. I know. I kind of went down a bit of a uh, rabbit hole reading about this too.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. This is such a great album. There's so many Maiden references for me. That's the point. Well, the other thing about this song is we're talking about the uh,
1: science fiction theme, and then they have the song with the Wright brothers, so they just kind of drop in there. I always keep saying they as if it's the band, but Bruce drops this concept of like the Wright brothers. But still, the lyrics. It's like as the breeze whips straight as an arrow, let her go over Kill Devil Hill. Gasoline and wind in the wires. Kill Devil Hill and the way to the stars. So The Way to the Stars, he's still kind of tying in this, like, science fiction spacey thing. Like, the first flight, that was, like, the first step on the way of getting to space. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it still ties into this, like, science. You're four tracks in. Well, three, four, whatever. And you hit the song, and you're like, oh, the Wright Brothers. But, like, it still ties into this whole theme of, like, I don't know, space and future
0: yeah but just just think about final frontier which is all about like aliens abductions and what does bruce write he writes coming home about you know True. the t- and, like it just the parallel here is crazy to me and you know he even says like we earthbound your offspring and so as soon as i heard that i was like oh earthbound i was like it's coming home <laughs> like that tie back, but but then you know I was like, how could they not have written some of Final Frontier or this not tied back to it? But then, you know, obviously this predates it by quite a margin.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think Bruce just has these, like, themes that he loves to tap into. You know what I mean? You know, it's like, like flying. This will be one of those <laughs> where, you, where you need Adrian in
0: here where we're, we're, we're like, oh, we're doing a, a space theme. And Bruce is like, how about something with the planes? And I was like, hey, he did that before. He's like, he does that in every session. Yeah, yeah he does that. <laughs> Dude, play a clip. People need to hear this right. track so, just for those that haven't. Okay. Yeah. First of all,
1: guitar tones on this song, like Roy Z's guitar tone, oh, tone on this is like really fuzzed out and heavy. And there's a lot of, like, harmonics in there. And, like, the vocals are doubled. And I'm going to play the intro. Like, listen to how the drums play against the riff in the intro. It just sounds really cool. I love that i love the way that the guitars kind of play i don't know how to describe it what the proper way to describe it is but it's kind of playing i don't know if it's off time but it's playing against the riff and it just sounds so cool yeah. it just makes it interesting which i love it's pretty cool
0: such such a great intro and again now play the chorus <laughs> play it nesbitt no go ahead go ahead
1: <laughs> i can play the chorus um yeah again you were saying about like these like maiden callbacks so yeah we have blood brothers of angels now hear us yeah you know what i mean and so we're breathing our dreams like the icarus of old like
0: yeah they throw a few fear in there now fear you know you can argue but like who actually talks about fear that much unless you i don't know and then they threw the icarus of old the earthbound like i almost kind of felt it was you know um almost like made in hell. You know? <laughs> First <laughs> time I went through it, I was like, there's so many
1: references. Yeah, it, it's, it's really cool. Uh, the chorus, you were talking about the chorus. This is maybe the catchiest and most powerful chorus on the album. It's
3: no going back now.
1: a good song. It's such a good chorus. His voice sounds so powerful. It gives me goosebumps. It's so
0: amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a goosebumps song. It's a, it's a you cannot dislike this song song. It's so good. I actually went off and googled all about it because when you listen to it without knowing anything about the song, Kill Devil Hill, and then you know it was like twenty knots, I just kinda like I thought of it was a war song, the way he was singing it. It's like, okay. you know, there's like Blood Brothers, there's talks about survival and you know, all yeah. this stuff and like Icarus, I was like, they're trying to get a hill. Like, and why do they have air fire? Yeah. I was like, Is this a Vietnam reference or something? And like I was I was yeah, so I, totally I literally went off I was like,
1: how you could assume that, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I like I'll always read the lyrics, so they'll they'll tell you that, but you know, I kind of dug into this one because I was like, "What's he referring to?" Because Gat- and then when I re- I was like, "Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the Wright brothers."
1: <laughs> yeah, and then you're like three minutes into this like awesome, super catchy song, and the last two minutes of the song, it just goes into this like mellow outro. I don't know. It's like three minutes of this like super intense, and then it just comes into this like really melodic, cool sounding outro. It's it's a cool way to like wrap up that song.
0: Yeah, the the, the whole song is perfect. Yeah,
1: I can't figure yeah. out what Bruce is singing at the end. Yeah, can can you? I have the album here, the vinyl, and the lyrics are inside, but it, it doesn't say what he's saying.
0: Yeah, it's not clear. Can you ask me answer me this question? Um, when we covered the um, "Scream for Me," Sarajevo. Yep. Uh, documentary um how did because we we more or less at the time said it's almost like a greatest hits for a solo career at various pieces of it
1: yeah it sort of is why wasn't this on it i think those songs were more chosen to i think it was more to like score the documentary because it's very like dramatic mm-hmm. there's a lot going on in that documentary right it's very like tragic and intense. This yeah. one's very, like, triumphant. I don't think this will go fit. Like, when are you going to show, you know, a do- what part of a documentary about a town under siege getting shelled? And they, you know what I mean? Like, this almost sounds like you're triumphing over something. I guess you'll fit in at the end, but.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, Gods of War fits there because it's very intense, you know, Oh, it's perfect for it. It's right on theme. And like Power of the Sun. Yeah. Well, Power of the Sun is very positive, and that's in the soundtrack. So I don't know. I don't know. I can't explain it. <laughs> but I think those songs yeah. were chosen more to score a movie, not so much as like being the, you know, gr- as a greatest hits type thing. I don't know.
0: Yeah. God of War, you know, Chemical Wedding. He said some great. This just is a whole level above it.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, it's, it's definitely the best thing he put out. You know, in the in the lead up to this, I, I got some some tracks that that you know that I that I love on this album because this one I hooked into right away. So as you kind of grow into an album, you start to love the stuff that catches you after. Yeah. But when I was doing up, I was like, "Nah, this is the best track." This is there's there's a couple of really awesome songs, but this is a stone cold. Yeah, there's a
1: couple that like just they, just, they have such hooks and they're so powerful they just grab yeah. you right away. And then there's some that you kind of you know they gradually the slow growers that. You know.
0: It's amazing. And at this point, you know, do you count the first track whether or not you're three tracks in plus that first track, which I like. Yeah. You know, Let's I'm really counted it as part in, yeah. of the second. You're four t- and you're just like, wow. Yeah, you it's know? just
1: non stop intensity. <laughs> yeah. Well the mirth within sets it up, then abduction and soul intruders are very heavy. Kill Devil Hill yes. is very intense and like powerful. And then yeah. halfway through it it kind of like dips down. Becomes mellow for the outro of the song, which is a perfect way to set up the next song, Navigate the Seas of the Sun, which we'll probably get into next episode right now or now.
0: Yeah. And you kind of get this mellow second half for a bit, then it comes back up. And I, you know, some of our listeners kind of chimed in that they didn't, they weren't too excited about the second half, which we're going to cover in the next episode. But
1: yeah, that's the exact way I felt about this album when I first started listening to it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like the second half, you're like, oh, wow you know what i mean
0: yeah spoiler alert for me like there's some tracks here where i'm like oh, okay they're not perfect but i don't there's not a bad track on this album at all yeah i
1: would agree not, with that
0: not one no. and I, we didn't even go into the artwork which to me is awesome yeah
1: we'll get into that uh, next episode right yeah. away and then we'll get right into the tracks because yeah. we kind of talked to you know like 20 minutes about the lead up to this album
0: <laughs> <laughs> nesbitt go, going off on a uh, talking about an album on a on an album podcast. Well, it's, it's funny we uh, we finished we finished
1: all the Maiden albums, and I was like, "Oh man, yeah. I'm done like researching." And then we decided to do this one. And I was like, "Okay, I can go like dig in." I started googling like interviews with Roy Z, and I read like every single one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. So interesting, man. That was good. I love this. That's
1: a good album. That's a good beer. Yeah, I haven't had a an beer. IPA really in a while. good beer. Awesome. I'm gonna get right back into the yeah.
0: Moment. These Montreal beers don't quit.
1: Nope. So, yeah, we'll wrap it up. This is, uh, you yeah, know, two episodes. We're going to do two episodes on a Bruce solo album. So. But it's worth Indeed. it, I think, because this one is better than Tattooed Millionaire and Balls to Picasso put together.
0: Put together. Oh, my God. And then some. <laughs> and then some. Yeah. Well, yes. I'm, st- I'm standing by that bold. Throw, throw Skunky in there. Just kidding. Let's <laughs> not go down that rabbit hole. <laughs>
1: I don't want to open up a can of worms again. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. Although I do love... When it's inbox funny explodes. because <laughs> you said that this song had some songs that really hooked you right away. Yes. And then you're like, there's a couple of songs that you didn't really like at first, but those ones slowly grow yeah. you and became. favorites. I see where you're going with favorites. this. Going yeah. is a whole uh, album know. of those songs that don't hook I you. Know. And then slowly grow and become your favorites. You know what I mean? I know. Anyway.
0: I get you. <laughs> I get you. Right on. Okay. Until next time. You go to talking dot com, get us there, leave us a talk message, or get us on Facebook or on Twitter. By now, if you don't know where we are, I can't help you. You can't work the internet. How are you listening to a podcast?
1: <laughs> it's funny too, because uh <laughs> we like we get tons of emails at talkingmaiden yeah. at gmail dot com. And also there's a form yeah. on the website people submit. Um, I thought we would get more audio messages left. Yeah. Um you can you don't have to give your real name. You can <laughs> You can leave an anonymous message of an Iron Maiden. I don't know if, uh, or maybe people don't want to hear their voice on the podcast, but.
0: You're going to get one this week.
3: Josh's take on Skunkworks was genius.
1: (laughs) 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 I am going to do that. Go for it. All right.
0: Yeah. Until next time, up the irons, down the hops.